0: holding the beginning of Perigyot, and we, after having anointed Shaul as the king, so Shemul gives him some instructions. And he tells him three things which are going to happen to him on his journey back home again. So the first thing he says is, when you leave me today, you're going to find two men back for us, Rachel, the Gvul Binyamin but Tzaltach, Tzaltach is another place, so they'll be by the border of Shevet Binyamin in this place called Tzaltach. Is, is that Kever Which is not exactly where Kever is. So we have to explain where were these people: were they in Kever or were they in Tzaltach? We know Kebarachel is in the Derech Beis Lechem, which is not in the Gvul Binyamin exactly. It's the middle of Binyamin. In Kever Right. So it means in Kever uh, stands like they're next to, and Rashi already asked the question that it's not the same place. Um, so, Rashi explains it, that they were in, right now in Keberachal, but Shmuel tells him when you meet them, they're going to be in Telzach. In other words, Shmuel is not love, who could foresee where these people are at now. And therefore it says, the people who are now in Keberachal, you're going to meet them, when you get to, you're going to be journey one direction, they're going to be traveling towards you, and therefore you're going to meet each other only in Telzach. And what's the point of meeting these two people? They're going to tell you that the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And uh, your father is no longer worried about the donkeys, he's worried about you because he doesn't know where you've been for the last three days. Now, the man said this wasn't a chidish to show because Shmuel had already told him that. Shmuel Novi had already told him at the very beginning. That the donkeys have been found, but these two people were obviously messengers to look for Shaul, and therefore they weren't aware that he already knew from the Navi, and therefore they were coming to look for him and to tell him the same information that the the donkeys have been found, and we were, we were coming now to look for you. It's interesting the change of the tense in the pasuk. It says the yeah. Vachem in the plural. Yeah. In other words, there was the Nari who was with him. So, therefore, mm-hmm. the father, Kish, was worried about what happened to both of them, and obviously what he's interested in, what happened to his son. So, those are the first people that is going to meet. Then, after that, the to Misham, you're going to pass, uh, you pass, uh, uh, pass these people, uh, <laughs> and go on from there, we'll continue. Ad Elan Tavar. You're going to come to Elon Tavar. Elan is a word in Hebrew which means like a plain. So, the place is called Tavar, the plains of Tavar. And Sham Nashim You're going to find three people there. So the first was two people, now it's only three people. And these three people weren't really coming to look for you. Or rather, they were coming oilim el Holeki in They were going to uh, so to speak meet Hashem in Basel. And what are these three people doing? One of them is carrying three goats, one of them is carrying three loaves of bread. One of them is carrying a pitcher of wine, and one was the point of these three people. Remember, this was the time when the Mishkan had been destroyed, and therefore people could bring Korbanos wherever they wanted to. So and, there- Basel. and therefore, why would they go to Basel? as uh, as anywhere else? The duck explains there wasn't existing Mizbech in Basel from the time that Yaakov built Mizbech. Hmm. Now, this is really the topic of a big argument in in. They're showing him where Yaakov's dream happened and where the Mizbech where the was built. Because we know that after the dream, Yaakov woke up in the morning and he made a Mitzvah in Mizbech. And where was that? Was that in Shalem? Was that in Basil? No. So the Redakh, therefore, is understanding that uh, the place where Yaakov's Mizbech was, was in Basil. And that's where they were going now to bring a cobra as well. That's the case. So then we understand all that the Shlosh uh, Gedoyim. The three goats um, could be a carbon, but the three loaves of bread are not a carbon, because there's no carbon which is khamet. As we know, with the exception of uh, shavos. shavos, which obviously it wasn't. And the navel Yain, that could have either been for them to drink when they brought the carbon, or could have been in the nesachim. That wouldn't make sense. But uh, the, the bread definitely wasn't meant for the carbon. Maybe it was just for them to eat, together with the meat of the carbon, that they wanted to bring in base. That they're going to Basil because, again, according to his opinion, that's where Yaakov's vech had been. Um, now, the do of you want argue with that. The for example says Basil doesn't mean Basil. Basil means where the house of Hashem was, which means Shiloh. Mm-hmm. And even though Shiloh had since been destroyed, nevertheless, it was still a place of avoided. He was not just like The place is not the same because we you know there's still Kedusha by the Khazal. I and mean, you know, there wasn't any Kedusha remaining in Shiloh. At least not to the extent that there is by the Khazal after it was destroyed. But a place which had been a place of avoidance, people would still go there to to, to maintain that avoidance, to bring components there, that's what the materialist explains. And even according to Radak, he explains it's talking about basil, which had been used at the time of Yaakov Avinu as, as a see, and it had been used since then, but we see nevertheless, there was still a minor to bring, to doing avoid in a place where avoidance had been done. It, it connects to the avoid of the Tzchus of the person there, which was Mashal Naradak, and we find that by Yaakov himself. When Yaakov goes back to sleep on, and when this story happened, he wants to go back to And Why do he go back to Yerushalayim? Because he says, the In other words, there was a certain Tzchus in the place where Avodah Hashem had been done, where Adam Yitzchak and Davin, where the Akad had taken place, and therefore to go back to the same place would be having the Tzchus of the Avodah Hashem which had been done. And therefore here also, they went to Basel because that was a place where they wanted to connect to a, a place where Yaakov Avinu had originally built his vech. Now, we'll see there's more, more than that than soon. We'll see the Malabin's interpretation the soon. That's the pshat of what's going on. And now, they, when these people meet you. So over here, v'shalu Here they're going to greet you. V'nasum They're going to give you two of the breads, uh, three. They're going to give two breads to Shaul, and you're going to take it from them. And the significance of that is, like we said before, that's the only thing they could give, because the meat, with the animals were karbans. So they couldn't give a carbon, that's the But the bread wasn't a carbon. Why they a, are they giving they it to No. Oh. So now the question is, what is the significance? That because they met Shaul, they decided to give him bread. But they don't know he's the king. Yet. They don't know he's the king, they didn't even know who he was. So what was the significance that um, they were going to, that they were to give him breads? The simple pshatah that I gave him two is because one was for Shalom and one was for the nah. There were two of them. They each did a bread. Um, now, if that's the case, uh, it's a bit uh, unproportional because they are three of them. And they keep keeping one for them and they're giving two to two other people. So what is the significance we'll see of giving the bread? Shishmuel doesn't explain anything. He just tells him what's going to happen. That's the second uh, encounter that Shalom going to have. And in the third encounter, the is going to have, Akha Kain. Tovah Givah lekim. After you will come to the Givah Um Now, where is the Givah lekim? is also, Givah literally means uh, the mountain of Hashem. Now, where is this Givah lekim? So, most of the Mifoshim explain like the Talgum does. And that is, the Givasa Salad, the Ba'aran Hashem, the place where the Aaron is. And as you know, the town of Aaron Kodesh was in Kiris Yorun, after the people of Beit Shemesh, uh, died for not respecting the Aaronic property properly, so the Aaronic moved to Kiryas Seirim, where it remained for this entire period of time. And therefore, the Givas would be Kiryas So then, after Charles, the you're going to make your way to Kiryas Seirim, where the Aaronic where the Aaron is. Asher shom, Asher shom And uh, interesting, the way Shmuel describes as where the Aaronic is is where the natsive pnishtim, where the so to speak, the outpost of the pnishtim is. And here again, we have a question: Was this where they were or where they are? Because we saw previously that we said that I'll read the pasuk again: that after Shmuel's victory over the Pishtim, so it said they never came into the land of Israel anymore. And if that's the case, why would they have an outpost in Karesarim? Why would they have an outpost in when the they were no longer they were no longer venturing into Jewish territory? The Passoc says, I'll say again, for example, the Passoc is that the Pleshtim were handled, but I asked for, I'd love it, but Gul Yisrael. It didn't come into the territory of Ta' Israel anymore. So, why would there be an efsiv, why would there be an outpost of the Pleshtim um, here in the middle of, of the Gul Yisrael? So, the the Samish Mephashim who explained that the Prishti were there right now. And that's the case, the question is about what they were doing there. The other, which was was an interesting idea there, the other idea was it's where the 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 Prishti had been, but there was like an abandoned police station or something like that, where the the, uh, Prishti outpours had been, and it's just giving him a marker of where this place is. in which case, it's a bit hard to understand what would be the purpose of, what would be the purpose of um, having uh, having that as the Shmuel's description of where Shaul's going to go? It Seems to be a relevant factor. I did see it brought down an interesting idea, and that is even though the Plishtim didn't used to come into Israel, so to speak, to attack or to oppress the Jews or to try and despoil them, but LeMaisa they had an outpost next to where Aaron Kedesh was, because the Plishtim felt somewhat responsible about the whole story. As you know, that, uh, they were the ones who took the iron and suffered tremendously from the ones to make sure the iron came back. So, like you know, to, they had a, a watch how near where the iron was. And just made, uh, so to speak, to, to, to be in, uh, so to speak, still aware of what's happening with it. It's an interesting idea. It's not what they're say on the page. But anyway, whatever it is, that's the simen of where the third place where Shoal's going to go to is. Is so when you get to the town, Yarim, you're going to meet not just two people, but now a whole group, a whole group of neviim. There was a bama, which means the mizbeach, in front of the aron kodesh. So there's also a place to, use to bring korbanos. And these Nevim well, we will meet them coming down from where they brought korbanos in front of the aron kodesh. and they're playing music with these different instruments, a lyre, a harp a flute, v'hem uh, a misnabi. And it's bringing them to a stage of nivu. In other words, we saw, and we'll see later on by other nivu as well, that music was something which helped a person get to a stage of nivu. If nivu needs a certain uh, detachment from the physical awareness, and more of a connection, to a more transcendent connection to something spiritual, so then music would be a good medium that they would use uh, to try and bring them to a the stage of nivu. Like even the, the famous Navi Elisha, he wanted to bring the Ruch HaKodesh to himself, the spirit of the voice. He said, Bring me someone to play music, and the music is going to bring him to that stage. The Vilna God writes, it's brought to the Dom of the Archaim Pelagin of the Sephardim Sinyosa. The Vilna God writes that if the Ka'ech of the Shere of the Levi, the Besan Mikdash, was strong enough to bring people to Nevoh, it's an amazing thing. And as music does have that, that latent ability, obviously, if one knows how to use it right, to connect to it, they can bring a person to a state close to Neva, or even to Neva itself. Um, that's why we know that by the Simchus Prez was a place, it was called Sha'iva Shemisham Yisham, Sha'ivim Kodesh. People who had participated in the Simchus Prez Sha'iva would get to a stage where they would merit Rakhach and then again, what is did Simchus It was the Levim playing music. So they had that prech. So here also they're going to, here also the Levim who, who, utilizing the musical instruments they have to bring themselves to stay of work, they get there. And now when Shmuel meets, when meets them, so Shmuel tells them, Hashem, then the spirit of Hashem will, will rest on you too. Just like we saw that uh, it has to be transferred from a Navi to somebody else. So Shmuel, Shol, on his own right, wasn't on the level of a Navi. But the Navi tells him that when you meet this group of Navim, so then the spirit of Navi, which they have, will transferred to you as well this navi, you'll become a novi like them and the experience of Navar was something which would change a person forever that'll make you into a different person okay so that's the those are the three, those are the three signs that Shmuel tells him what's going to happen to him. He's going to first meet the two men who will tell him about the donkeys the second is the three men who will give him the bread and he's two of the rows of bread and lastly is the whole group of men who Navim and by being part of that group, Shall will become a novi too. What's the significance of one of this? I mean, the one thing is, it could be understood very simply, and that is, Shmuel just told Shaul, uh, earth-shattering news, he just told him you're going to become a king. So if Shoal, Shmuel, as a novi wants to give Shaul a sign to show that it's true you're going to become a king. So, Dr. Rammam writes, one of the ways a novi had to prove that what he was saying was true not being the verb was to predict the future. And therefore, if the Novi actually tell Shul this is what's going to happen over the course of the next day or two, I'm to tell you exactly what's going to happen to you, and that's the right that you see I know the future, and I'm a Novi MS, and therefore you can accept what I told you is true. In other words, one way a Novi had to show that what he was saying was accurate, and it was Hashem Hashem, was the fact that he, was, he could show that he could foretell, he could say in the fe- accurately what's going to happen in the future too, that would be the litmus test of a Novi. So we could say that's the truth over here, which is, is possible. Different, such as that, but the Malbim explains it very interesting. Malbim explains it in one of two ways. Maybe more Pidrush, It's a very interesting idea. The first way he explains it is that in order to become a king, a person needs a certain level of roughness. Now Shaul had been chosen and nominated as the king, and he even been anointed as the king, but he wasn't there on that level. And therefore, Shmuel tells him, you're going to have to go to, through a process of bringing yourself to the level where you deserve to be the Jewish king. So I've anointed so you. So the process has begun, so to speak. You're the intended. But the you aren't yet there. And therefore, the idea of all the people Shul was going to meet were ways to push him to, to towards where the level of spirituality, the level of righteousness he's meant to be on in order to be a king. This is a standpoint point. There could also be an understanding of why Shmuel didn't anoint him publicly yet. Because he wanted Shal to first reach the level the king was meant to be on before he would display him to Klai But here he had already shown him, I'm anointing you, which means it's, uh, you, it, the, the position is yours. But now you're going to have to go through the process of preparing yourself so that when you're going to be presented to Klai as a king, you'll be on the level of a king. And we understand it very well. It's like any other public office. If you wanted to prime somebody for a certain job, so then, well, even if you've nominated him for the job, there's a certain stage of preparation. If you're setting the person up that he's going to be ready for the job, so then, now when you, you know, bring him into the office, you now present him as the person who's, this is the appointee, who's somebody who's capable of doing it. So what were the requirements for the Jewish king, That spiritual requirements for the Jewish king, that were necessary, that were necessary for Shaul to get to? The Malm explains is a three step process of a transfer from a level of roughness to a level of, from a level of Kashmir to a level of Ruchness. And that was symbolized by the three different groups of people that show met. Now again, the Malv explains a little bit, I'll tell you what it says. But uh, the side is very interesting, even if it's maybe not exactly the chat and the Pshat. So the Malv is the first the first group of people that show met were the two people who came to tell him about about the donkeys. donkeys which have been found. And he said, those are the kind of people who are them interested in the physical things in this world. What uh, are interested in them is donkeys. <laughs> 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 right, And he says, in a way, that's the way that Shmuel met Shaul too. He met Shaul as someone who came to look for donkeys. So, sure, Shaul was a big tattic. But the position that what Shaul was doing when Shmuel met him was, I'm looking for donkeys. So, Shmuel says, the first people you're going to meet are people who are interested in the donkeys. and they come specially to tell you the donkeys have been found. And now, that's the people interested in physical things. Um, while they were coming from Keber Rachel? Uh, the, the i sorry, the Melbourne explains, here, uh, maybe a little pedrush, and he says that uh, the idea of Kabbalah is that the Neshama, which is called Rachel, has been buried. People who are too interested in their physical uh, life have, have buried the Neshama. That's not, it's not a, a dominant feature, but... So those are the first people that, that Shal met. The second people Shal met, is a group of people who are only motivated to bring a korban, and you so said these are people in a stage where they are working on building a connection with Hashem. They're working on becoming more rachnistic and therefore they aren't—they're not the they're just regular people. But you see that they—they're going towards uh, basil, They're going—they're going to bring korbanos. They're trying to sacrifice things, in other words, to, to maintain more of a connection with Hashem, and. And that's why there's a he explains that the idea of the, the three things they're bringing the goats, the bread, and the wine are three different aspects of the physical world which a person can try and use in service of Hashem. He says the one says is a person's money, the other one is a person's merits, the last one is a, a person's uh, seichel, which refers to these three things, and a person's using them as as in trying to develop a connection with Hashem, trying to use them as a part of a mitzvah. And that was the idea of, bring, of people bringing these things as krabahs. And now it's interesting, that as, as I lack the first group, the novel points out, here it says that they greeted him. The first group just came to give him information. The third group, the navim, he didn't talk to him at all. But the middle group speaks to him. and they're going to say Shalom to you. And then they're going to give you the two loads of bread. And what is the significance of that? So that is, that's the level that they want, they're trying to so to speak, invite Shol to join them in. You know, now, the first step is to focus themselves on connecting with the Rukhniyas, and therefore they want to bring Shol on board with him, so to speak, which is the, the significance of why they, they're they greeting him and they're giving him some of their bread to be, so to speak, to connect to, him, to be a part of their group. So that's the second step. Up. A person is not just interested in the Chamarim and the Chamarim, the physical physicality of the world, but a person is trying to bring karbalis and trying to develop a relationship with Hashem. And then the third step, obviously, I understand, is when he gets to the Makamar and Kodesh, where he meets Naveem. Because those are people who already do have a relationship with Hashem, to the extent which it's a strong relationship in relation to the physical world. And that's why when he goes there, he meets a group of Naveem. And once again, it's interesting, the Naveem don't talk to Naveem of Naveem. But uh, by being in their company, then Shoal gets the spirit of the rest in him too. And that's, related, that's the concept of people who are on a higher level than he is. And that's the case, they're not talking to him. so like they're uh, they, they equals, but by being in their company, it uplifts him to a level of Rocha Kodesh. And therefore, the, the experience of being with the Nevim, the Prophet says, is you're going to become a Novi too, and you may have to become once, once a person reaches a certain spiritual level, it, it changes them. It changes them, and think we talk about this in regarding the book. in the book, of or anything like that. And to explain it the way that the you just explained it, not necessarily word but the idea, the concept, and that is that there's a big side, a big side in the way and the side in the way of is that even though Hashem creates a person with two parts, in the shaman and the body, and both of them have their own scale or their own idea of what they enjoy or don't enjoy, where they, have, or what they get pleasure from, Hashem creates a person that naturally they experience the pleasure of the body, they're born enjoying food, enjoying sensations of which they can experience physically, every child like that, every baby is like that already. So the physical pleasure that, that can be found is automatically there, whereas the experience of enjoying something from the nishama is not something a person naturally or, or, or will feel or will feel, or get to on their own, it's something which will only come to a person when they get to a certain level. And there are many people who go through that, never knowing there is such a thing as a spiritual pleasure that they can enjoy. And for sure never experiencing it and why was it something which was denied to a person why was the uh, the physical pleasure something which automatically there's no one in the world who hasn't experienced the physical pleasures of eating or sleeping or whatever else it's going to be because that's uh, it's all automatically a part of a person whereas a, a spiritual pleasure is something which needs to be achieved to appreciate to enjoy and therefore like i said most people never get there. Uh, so why why Dasham created create it like that and the biggest thing is about valley musa is because if a person has one time experienced a spiritual pleasure, they'll never enjoy physical pleasure anymore. Once they've experienced something that much more intense, that much more powerful, so then by, in comparison everything else becomes very shallow and very superficial, and pretty much meaningless. And if that's the case, when a, if a person would naturally feel that concept of a, a spiritual pleasure, there'd be no challenge in life anymore because why would I, why would I want something which isn't nearly as powerful isn't nearly as 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 much of a feeling of connection that, that compared to what I've had and that's why doesn't naturally give a person a connection and then they have a challenge because the only the only source of enjoyment that they have is physical until they work on themselves to the stage where they get once a person's one time experienced that they'll never enjoy physicality the same way this is related as luck's say he used to say in yeshiva. He used to say, "I can't promise that all of you to here in yeshiva or one that become great What I can promise you is any one of you here will never be will never enjoy them as that. And that's true. Not because you made it so, so bad, but because in a person's one time you've got to impre- exposed to and appreciate the hana'ah richness which there is, you made it, it's, it's, it everything else looks very, 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 very many that like kind of shadow." Very superficial by comparison. It's not enjoyed anymore. And that's what he said over here. When a person becomes a novi, when he even a one-time experience of Navur, it's a different person. It's a person who's now once been a novi. He, he can't relate to the world the same way anymore. And that's an important point. Because as a rule, and this is brought down in Chazal even, the kings weren't Navi. The exception to that is Maishavena, who was called the king and is also a Navi. But besides that, the kings weren't Navi. David was a Novi, yes, it's true, David's not an exception, that's all. We don't find besides that, why not? So, let me explain. That the job of a Novi was to battle himself with Varashem. He was coming as the same spokesman. The job of a king is to lead Klai Yisrael. It's two very different roles. When one role, you're acting as the leader, and therefore you're responsible Klai Yisrael. On the other role, you're acting as the agent of Hashem. To come and and to come and give messages of Israel, it's not you. You just you're just the spokesman. And that's the case, so, to be the king, which means you have to be the leader, and at the same time to be the Navi, is it's like a very two different very different roles. Now, there were people who were the leaders of Kaiser Yisrael, even though they were navi. Until this stage all the leaders of Kaish were Nabi. Yeshua was a Navi and Shmuel was a Navi, Ladyako was a Navi, but, but, were, but they weren't kings. And therefore they led Kha Yisrael, in the sense like which is, which is that's how a Navi would lead, a king which doesn't lead like that. So therefore it's rare you don't find so much the kings of Naviim, but nevertheless it's important for the king to have had the experience of Naviim. That's why he wants to have the experience of Naviim because that's really going to change him. He's not the same person anymore. And then even if he doesn't, he's not regularly a navi, but having once had that experience of Naviim, and the king is aware of that concept. He, he's he's had he's had the exposure to it. And this is something which I'm trying to finish two minutes. It's a very important decide. That is, if a king to be a king of a country, he has to be able to relate to all the people in the country. If there's a sect of the population he can't relate to, he can't really rule them. He doesn't understand them. He doesn't relate. To, he doesn't connect to them. And that, but if a king can relate to and can understand all the various people in the country, so he made it you, then he can rule over everybody because in some way, he's had that experience too. He knows what they like. That's <laughs> why it's about himself. And being as he had had such a difficult life, and he'd grown up in this, being despised and impoverished and everything else, maybe as a king which could relate to everybody. He could relate to all the downtrodden and all the poor and all the levels of society because he'd been there too. As opposed to, let's say, a king who was brought up in the lap of luxury and in the life of a pampered prince, he wouldn't be able to relate to that he's never. why a king needs a trust, trust it? That's also brought down, yes. but Normally the king is the biggest yichus in Klai Israel. And the fact that there's a a stain in the yichus, whatever it's going to be, makes them be able to understand other people. So every king had exposure to the No. But Shal was the first. And David as well. They were were the beginnings of a dynasty. And if that's the case, for them to be able to relate to people in Klai Israel who were there, they were not even in Qaliyah Israel then, the king has to have an exposure to that too. And that's why the process of Shul's preparation to become a king was at least to get to that experience and be something that he was also had, had the, the connection to and therefore there would also be people he would be able to relate to as a king.